my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, ladies, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. My name is Sheena Tubbs, and I am your love addiction coach. Today's episode is all about living with regrets, and Unlike most episodes where I directly pull from questions that I get, I pull from what I know to be like the main issues that are on the surface with the women that I serve, the conversations that I see in our Facebook group. I pulled this topic about living with regrets because I feel like it is one that is super common even though it's not talked a lot about out loud because of the shame that comes with it. Because when you talk about your regrets, you're actively speaking of ways that you feel like you failed. You're talking about the things that you feel like are missed opportunities, sadness that you might not ever get it. And it's just too hard. It's too painful to talk about. But for today's episode, y'all, my hope is that if you have struggled with living with regrets, um, looking at the things that could have been, should have been, might have been, um, and these are the things that you ruminate over, that you feel stuck, I hope that this helps you take a step forward a little bit in the right direction. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products that support every garden and lawn, Coast of Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, by adding Coastal Maine products, it will help regenerate the healthy microbes in your soil and set you up for gardening success. And if you have a vegetable garden, not only do you benefit via an abundant harvest, but find that there is less need to maintain and feed throughout your season. Coastal Maine continually perfects the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and place that inspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coastal Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. The products are carried by tons of local retail partners who can provide advice and insight that is not found in the big box stores. Costa Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community for gardeners everywhere, which is why I love how they make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. So let's get growing. Visit CoastaMaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coast of Maine, like the state with an E.com. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.
With the crazy heat waves we are experiencing this summer, especially here in Texas, it can be hard to stay fresh while you're out and about. And that's why I've incorporated the Honey Pot's foaming wash and wipes into my daily routine. The Cucumber Aloe Honey Pot wipes provide a quick refresh when I leave a day of errands and head to a girls' night with friends. If you're heading to an outdoor concert or festival, the Honey Pot wipes are a must to keep you fresh between the fun. Both the foaming wash and wipes are plant-derived, backed by science, dermatologist-approved, gynecologist approved and hypoallergenic get 25% off your first order from the honeypot.co slash summer that's t-h-e-h-o-n-e-y-p-o-t dot c-o slash summer to get 25% off your first order and join the hive today um just really quickly so last week's episode we did a student highlight of our main coaching program for love addiction and self-healing and self-discovery um and i had a wait list that wasn't working for the first couple of days and so if you attempted to add your name to the wait list i want you to know that that opportunity is now open and is available and I would love for you to join. I've um, added those of you who reached out to me personally, um, and I've seen other names come in, which is great. I'm actually getting a lot of requests because just asking when the next round is open. And so the next round does not start until January. However, if y'all keep if y'all keep doing what you're doing. I might just open a secret round in August and September. And if I do that, I'm not going to say anything here on the podcast. I'm not going to say anything on social media. I'm just going to email it to the people on the wait list. Because right now, the main thing that we are focusing on is our self-love intensive. So this is only based on interest. But if you are interested, let me know. And if there are enough people, then I might open that secret round. So And if not, then that's fine. We will wait until January and get our new year started off right. So if you're interested, you can go to therecoveryschool.com slash waitlist and sign up there. So let's go ahead and start with today's podcast episode. So living with regrets. So there are a lot of things that people can and do have regrets over. And for the purpose of today's episode, I want to focus on talking about the regrets that happen the most with women who struggle with intimacy disorders like love addiction, love avoidance, love anorexia, um, and unresolved childhood trauma that's affecting those relationships, right? And affecting how they show up and feel in the world. And the two things that I um, hear the most is that there are regrets about wasted time. So feeling like you've spent a lot of time in relationships that aren't good for you, um, afraid of starting relationships because you're afraid of um, being hurt. You've wasted time living in your head. You've wasted time not reaching out for help. You've wasted time trying to fix somebody. You've wasted time not getting the help that you needed and then the relationship combusted. And so just, just this regret over time that you feel and I'm not going to dismiss that, but, but I'm, I am going to say, if, use the word feel, um, because we're going to talk about our feelings a lot this episode, but time that you feel like you can't get back and that feels very draining and sad. The other thing that I hear women talk about is that they, they have regret because they feel like they will never get what they want. That this, the reason that this 
is the way that it is. Um, like they're, they're too old, they're too broken. They are too big, too skinny, too abrasive, too quiet, too light skin, too dark skin, whatever it might be, um, that they're too much or too little to get what they need or get what they've always wanted. And so there's regrets that there may have been opportunities in the past that felt like their open door. And because they didn't walk through the door, it's now closed forever. And they just have to live a life where they are settling. Low self-worth is really interesting because it is it plays the same tune as ego and pride. Everyone with low self-worth thinks that they're a special unicorn. We, we all think that um, somehow out of everybody, every other solution, every other tool, every other intervention will work for everybody else but me. I am the one exception to the rule. And, um, and it's not true. It's not true because we are part of what makes it work or not work. If you're not open to it, if you have assumed defeat, if you've assumed that this is just a life that you have to settle for, if you've just um, accepted that this is the best that you can get, it doesn't matter if someone throws a million dollars at your feet, comes in with red roses and either a tuxedo or a formal gown, depending on who you're attracted to, and what kind of relationship you want. Like it, it doesn't matter because you are still going to see the negative, right? And that is part of what we need to fix and we need to change. So I am going to share with you some things for you to consider to get that process started. First, I want to share some thoughts or some core beliefs that go behind what happens when we live in regret. And let me just cut to the chase for those of you who can't finish this episode. The spoiler is that you can have your full life, no matter what has happened or not happened before. You can take control, get in front of that steering wheel, become the captain of your ship, and navigate it to the shores of where you would like to be. Some of us are living our life just letting the waves toss us around and then lamenting about how we're just lost at sea. Well, of course you're lost at sea. You gave up trying to steer. You just assumed that because you took a wrong turn, because a hurricane came, because a a storm came, because some people abandoned ship, that that just means that you're just going to be stuck here in the ocean when this whole time you've had a steering wheel to guide you. You've had some paddles and oars for you to, to, to use, right? So I want you to, to look at that, to be honest with yourself about that and just say, I, I have the opportunity to change my life. I can do this, right? So let's go into some some more of these core beliefs and thoughts that get in the way of us taking control, picking up those oars, picking up those paddles and stopping us from um, from being controlled. So one of the things that comes into our minds is that we when we think about our regrets and the things that happened and things that didn't happen and things that make us very sad and that we long and we yearn for. Right. This very deep, deep feeling when we talk about regret, it goes um, way down. (laughs) All of this stuff happened because I am foolish or silly or immature or crazy 
or too insecure or too sensitive or whatever your word is inserted there. And because I'm so blank, this event happened or didn't happen in the way that I needed it to. Because I was too scared to use my voice. Because I didn't stand up for myself and I was too weak. Because I was too consumed with what people think or or thought. I missed my opportunity. And here's what I'll say to that. I will say to that that you are doing the best that you know how to do at all times. At all times, you are doing the best thing you know how, no matter what you're doing. I don't care if you're busting somebody in the face. I don't care if you're writing in your journal. I don't care if you're praying. I don't care if you're talking to someone calmly and using your words and um, trying to articulate your feelings. I, I I don't care what it is. You are always doing your best. I say that because we all have ways that we have learned to cope with what is going on in our life. Some of us hide, some of us fight, and the rest of us do things in the middle, depending on what the trigger is, depending on what the situation is. So if you cussed somebody out, told them you never wanted to see them again, and you're having regret over that event, you did that because that was the best thing you knew how to do in the moment. Even if you logically knew, maybe I should call them, maybe I should do whatever, you were also going off a lifetime of evidence that whenever you put yourself out there and made yourself vulnerable, that that was risky that someone could use that against you, that they could change their mind, that they could say yes, but then go and change their mind later on after the conversation um, and get you would get abandoned. So it is safer and makes more sense in your body and your subconscious to curse them out, cut them off and keep it moving. Even if there's a part of you that also didn't want to do that. You were doing out of the options that you had, you chose the best one you knew how to do right? If you didn't stand up for yourself, if you didn't vocalize what you, what you needed and what you wanted, yeah, of course, hindsight now as an adult, now as a person that's able to, to look back and play the same scenario over and over in your mind multiple times, years and years and years, of course, you know what you would say, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but in that moment, you did not have the wisdom, the maturity, the strength, the background of seeing and knowing that when I use my voice, good things happened. You were going off the evidence of every time I use my voice, every time I talk to this person, every time I try to be assertive in this scenario or with these type of people, this is what happens to me. So it is easier for me to shrink back, to play nice, to appease. And that's what you did. You've always done your best. So if you want to work through living with regrets, we got to start being nicer to each other. Okay. Um, as you know, these are the things we're talking about in the self-care and the self-love intensive this fall, but I just want y'all to go ahead and start, I'm planting these seeds now so that we can build upon it in, um, in a few, in a few months. So that's the first negative core thought that gets in the way. The next one is the one that comes after Um, I tell people you can still have your own full life. You can make this work. You can turn this ship around. The next thought that comes up, well, is that it's not going to work out for me anyways. I can try and here you go telling me that I'm settling and I'm living below what I actually want. And that's true. But if I try, like it's not going to work out the way that I want it anyways, because 
this thing that I wanted in the past is actually how it was supposed to happen. So whatever happens after this, by default, I'm still going to be settling because it had to happen. It had to look exactly like I wanted it to look. One of my favorite shows is this show called Being Erica. And it's a Canadian show. And it was on like, what, like five, no, maybe like 10 years or so ago. So if you haven't heard about it, that's why. But I loved it so much because the main character was this woman named Erica who was in her 30s and she was facing all a lifetime of regrets, like all the relationships that were broken, the friendships that were broken, being in a dead end job that she didn't like. And she was so caught up on what could have been and just kind of resolving to the fact that this is just what she's left with. And she gets introduced to a therapist and the therapist is really someone who takes her back in time to work through her regrets, to give her an opportunity to try it again, to change the course of what happened. And what you find in this show or in the storyline over and over again is every time she was able to go back and fix it, the result of what she got from it was not good. And it's done in such a great way. It's done in, in such a way that feels... You know, as realistic as a TV show can be without being corny or hokey. But it truly is, you know, the people that aren't in our life today, it's for a reason. If they were still here, who knows what the consequences of that would be. If you truly got that promotion at that job or that company when you wanted it um, at the time that you thought you deserved it, who knows what would be taken off your table that you have access to now? Who knows what kind of crazy boss or supervisor you would have had? Who knows what dream you would have had to defer because you would be caught up on this alternate trajectory, right? I shared this story on Instagram, but Black Girls Hill exists only because I couldn't get a job, what, five, six years ago? I was working my butt off trying to get a raise from my boss at the time, which wasn't happening, trying to move up the ladder. I was looking for outside work and, you know, I don't talk about it here on the podcast as much, but I have a lot of training. I have a lot of experience. I've put a lot of time and money and have really great opportunities to know a lot um, and be able to do a lot. Your girl is bilingual in Spanish. And as you know, I live in Texas. So why? <laughs> like for why was I not able to find anything? I couldn't understand why. And it got so bad, y'all, that I was like, I need a job. So I applied to Walgreens. And wouldn't you know, I couldn't even get a job at Walgreens. And so at that point, I was like, okay, you know what? Fine. I guess I will start seeing clients on the side again. Because I had done private practice before, but I was very much um, wanting to stay in my safe place. I only wanted a job that had benefits that had a salary so that I knew what to expect, um, that, <laughs> that I didn't have to worry about all of the unknowns. And so entrepreneur life did not look good to me. Private practice life did not look good to me to be dependent on what could or couldn't happen. And I was very caught in my security, which was actually fear. But I was pushed 
through all of these closed doors, connections with people who are like, Sheena, you absolutely got the job, that there's no reason why I shouldn't have, um, that forced me to this place. And so doing private practice, of course, led to me wanting to do my first podcast, which led to me creating um, my platforms, creating my, my courses, starting to coach, and here we are at Black Girls Heal. And so when I say that your yeses the yeses that you may have been praying for, crying over, wondering why, you know, the doors that were closed, the relationships with people that you just knew, you knew that you were meant to be together. And it was just this one thing, right? In your mind, you remember it. It's just this one thing that if that would have changed, it would have been better. It would have been magic. That was not meant for you. It just wasn't. Because if it was meant for you, you would have had it. Nothing can keep you from what is meant for you. Nothing. What's yours is yours. You know, no one can steal anybody. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black Truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. No one can take something from you. God, the universe, spirit, angels, whatever it is you believe in has your back. God's will for you is your ultimate good. So in everything negative, there are only positive things that are to come that are already present for you. You just have to walk into it right? I, I, I was been fooling, right? I had t- the experience to go and start my private practice years ago. And so what would have happened? Well, I'm not even going to say that because I started when I was supposed to start. I started when I was ready. I started when it was the right time. So even me saying, man, I could have, I could have started sooner and I could have been further along. No, I would have been a younger Sheena. I would have been a Sheena with less knowledge, less maturity, Um, not farther along in my own love addiction, healing work to where I could talk to y'all in the way that I do. 
Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. So I know that there's so many of us living with this hope deferred, right? Um, that. Like I said before, I'm too old. Um, this was the contact, you know, this was the person that was going to help me and I squandered it. You know, you, you didn't squander it. You took the steps that were needed, even if it was negating and not, not following through with that to build the wisdom and the body memory and the knowledge that you're not going to do that next time right? You wouldn't have had that urgency, that, that understanding of how this is so important. This is so crucial. You wouldn't have known that you don't want to be in relationships like that anymore. You wouldn't know for those of you who have loved deeply in a healthy relationship and sabotaged it, you wouldn't know what it's like to be in those healthy types of places that that even exists, right? And that means that you only have better and more coming for you. So anytime you're hit with this memory of, man, I should have done this or I should have done that. And it would have been so much better if I would have given this a chance. I just want you to just tell yourself that's a Walgreens. That is a Walgreens story. (laughs) That is just not the truth. Um, God has so much better for me. The universe has so much better for me. If you don't believe in anything, um, related to spirituality, um, then you, and you believe in your own power, then claim that, you know, I can do so much better for myself. No matter what you, what, no matter what you say, the universal truth is still the truth. Goodness is here and present and your birthright for you. And so that show was like free therapy. For me, so if anyone wants to check it out, it's on Amazon Prime, um, and just watch the first couple episodes. You'll know right away if you like it or not. But I have loved it, and anyone who I know struggles with regrets, I refer them to that TV show if I think that they might enjoy it. So when I look back at the past, and if I'm constantly trying to negotiate and bargain with what should have been, could have been, might have been, I'm going to lose a hundred percent of the time. Because what has occurred has occurred. And I get to choose what my response is to that. I get to choose to use whatever happened or didn't happen as evidence that my life is always going to suck and that I suck by association. Like you can totally make that decision. That's where a lot of us are right now. Or I can use what happened or didn't happen as evidence that I can move 
forward and that this is the blueprint of what I am not going to go back to. How I acted, how they acted, what I accepted, when I didn't accept, great. Now I have in my tangible memory what to do and what not to do going forward. You, that's also a perspective that you can take, right? But who's in charge of that perspective? You are. You get to choose if you're going to be victim or victor. Now, again, and I hope that, I hope by this time, um, especially if you've been listening to me for a while, that you know that I am in no way and would never dismiss the real pain that may have happened and still may be deep in your heart that may still be very sensitive whenever you think about what could have been, might have been, should have been. When you think about the things that would have been lost, when you think about the things that could have been said, um, when you think about the happiness that you really wanted that you didn't get to have in that moment or over this period of time, that is real, real pain. That is okay for you to feel, for you to grieve, for you to mourn over. And all I'm saying is that after you you embrace the emotions and fill it with the whole heart, you are the one who's in charge of choosing if you lay down, if you give up, if you accept what is going on as your reality, or if you say you want something different. Now, what might have happened for many of you as well is that you try to change your perspective. You try to do something differently. You try to mix it up and take control and it didn't work out for you. It either made it worse or it it stayed the exact same. And so you ended up feeling more defeated as if, okay, I really am the problem. It really is me. What is wrong with me? And I get that. That is also something very real that happens. But for me, all that, all that means for me is that you didn't have the right tools and support. Going back to what I was saying at the very beginning, you at all times are doing the best that you know how to do. The key word in this statement is you, right? You only have the perspective that, you, that you've gotten so far. You only have the, the library of knowledge that you have. You only have the maturity that's accessible to you when you're the only one working through your issues and problems. And if you have tried to make changes and it hasn't worked out, my thought, my belief is that means that you need to get out of yourself and recruit other people to support you, help you, coach you, guide you through it, right? Because you doing it by yourself, you've gotten as far as it can take you. So you need to step out if you really want to have that change. So with that said, let's go ahead and talk about the steps, Um, the steps for you to Recover from living with a life of regrets. And by association, stop living in patterns of fantasy that come with living in a life of regret because you're creating a fantasy world that doesn't exist, that feels safer, that feels like it's tangible or possible when really it's not because you're living in the past and living in a reality that doesn't actually exist, which actually keeps you further away from the life that you absolutely want. So I've talked a lot about mindset because mindset is really like the most important thing when it comes to recovering from regrets because it really is connected to how you think, which affects your actions, which affects your your emotions. So that's the cycle that we're working with, right? Or um, your thoughts affect your emotions, affect your actions. I mean, whatever order you want to go in, 
um, it all contributes to each other. They all feed each other. So um, we have talked about ways for you to combat that stuff. So let's talk about um, the steps. The first step I've already said is for you to grieve and be sad. Um, many of us, when it comes to our regrets, which, which with most things, which is you know why I teach this podcast, we can operate in the two extremes. Um, like anytime we have a problem, anytime we have a trigger, we we vacillate from one side to the other. And so the two extremes are either I'm going to be numb and being numb can look very functional for some people. It can look very evolved to say, well, you know, that happened. All I can do is move on. All I can do is just focus ahead and keep it moving, which on the surface sounds like what I'm saying. It sounds very familiar, but that's not what it, what it is. That's not, it's not the same because in that statement, there's a detachment to it. There is a, um, um, disownership of the fact that this even mattered to you. Right. And so I was like, Oh, well, this big dream that I had to have, or I wanted to have, I guess it's, I guess it's over. So I'm just going to build my life around other things and no longer acknowledge this really deep desire that I've always had. And I'm going to make, make myself happy, even though I'm intentionally ignoring this deep desire. And that's, that's not how it works. Going numb, even if you make it look pretty and adult on the outside does not actually help you move forward. The second extreme or the other side of of the spectrum is fully indulging in the emotions. So this is, this is what happens when I tell people you need to cry. You need to feel sad. And they're like, girl, I've been crying my whole life. I cry all the time. I think about it all the time. I obsess about it all the time. I, um, I ruminate about it. It's constantly in my mind. How, how much longer do I need to feel these feelings before I start feeling better? And I get that. And similar to with the, the numbing out option, this also sounds very, very, very similar, if not identical to what I'm saying when I say be sad, feel your feelings, grieve over it, get angry over it. Um, you're like, yeah, I got the anger. I'm good. Now what? Because this anger isn't helping me move forward. So the reason why that can make you feel more stuck is because of the other components that I kind of mentioned throughout this podcast episode that can really exaggerate the emotions around it. So what do I mean by that? What are those components? Um, I'm thinking about the, the core negative belief that there is something forever wrong with you. So the crying and the tears are not necessarily a cleansing or um, a leaning into grieving what happened, but more just crying over how fucked up you are or how fucked up life is or how fucked up everybody else is or how fucked up it is to, to, to try to believe in something that doesn't work out for you. And there's an indulgence in that. There's an indulgence in this perspective, this life view that everything is wrong and nothing will ever work out for you, right? And so how are you supposed to feel relief on the other side of that if this is what you believe? What's the point of no longer crying? What's the point of not being angry anymore if all you have on the other side of that is just misery? So for the tears, the anger, the rage, um, the shock, the denial, the sadness to be truly fulfilling and cleansing, 
there has to be just a little speck of hope that something could be different and something could be better, right? Um, and of course, this is where, again, recruiting other people that help you through this come into play, comes into play at versus you trying to figure it all out yourself. Like if you have nothing to give, you don't have nothing to give. So let somebody help you, which relates to another thing is you really have to want the change and not just like want it, like I want someone to do it for me, but you have to want it enough to show up for yourself. I see this often when women will email me about my programs or send me DMs and say things to the effect of, well, can I try it for a little bit and then um, see how it goes? Is there a trial period? No, there's no trial period. Are you committed to this work or not? Do you want things to get better or not? Are you just coming to this, like dip your toe in? If so, I have lots of podcasts for you. I have lots of emails that I send in my newsletters. I have lots of captions on social media. I have lots of really great, an abundant resource, abundant amount of resources that are free for you to just tap in and out as needed. But if you are ready for your life change, you got to be the one to show up because me giving you um, videos and worksheets and talking to you isn't really going to help if at the end of the day, you're going to be like, well, I can't, or life is hard, or this sucks, or you don't understand. Okay. And I might, I might not. And who, who does understand if you're the one who understands, if you're the one who's living in your life right now, who's the one who can turn the ship around? Not me. Is you okay? You know, for those of us who are living a lot in our emotions right now, this is a really, really hard one to talk about because on one hand, there is very much the aspect of needing someone who says to you in love, come on, get up, let's go. If you want change, you're in charge of it. But then also needing to be sensitive to the very real impact of shame that you are already experiencing and not wanting to, to tap into that and not wanting to make you feel like crap, but also not wanting to enable you. I mean, if you want something different for the upteenth time, this podcast episode, you got to be the one who is investing and making that change, investing your time, investing your energy, investing your money, investing your hope, investing your access to your heart, investing all of it, all of it, right? So that is my second step for you. In our main program, the recovery school program, the second thing that my students learn after the tools that I teach them to help them manage anxiety, get grounded, practice self-compassion, and other stuff, I the next thing they do is they come up with what is your vision? What are we working towards? What are we building towards? We're not, we're not trying to heal just for healing's sake. We are healing to make the most out of every minute of your life. You're not here just to try to get a man or get a woman. You are here to make your life the biggest, the best, the fullest that it deserves to be. And the man and the woman are just the icing on the cake. You might not know that now, but I know it. And that's okay. <laughs> but the, the, let, let's get on this this vision. Let's get on what we're actually working towards. So you got to figure out what it is that you're, you're building towards. Okay. 
Um, we are, you're going to be able to get a taste of that in the self-love intensive as well. So it's not our main program, but it is going to definitely, definitely talk about that because how can you love yourself when you're not getting to know what are the things that are truly going to make me happy? Where are the places that I've been settling? Where are the places I've been ignoring myself? What are the things that I've just been trying to go along with? What are the ways that I am self-sabotaging and talking myself out of this, right? So um, I am going to be teaching one of the tools from the main program there as well um, to help you get grounded, to help you rewrite these scripts um, that are in your mind as well. So any person who is listening to this and you're like, she has been all up in my business this episode about regrets. If you don't do the self-love intensive, I'm going to reach through your podcast player and hold you very tightly and look you deep in the eyes and say, you need to go and sign up right now. (laughs) And I'm going to say it with all the love in my heart because this is made for women like you, Um, women who need to come full circle, learn what are the things that she can do in her life to regain control if she feels like she has lost it before to add on to maybe the skills that you already have with your own therapist with your own coach with your own positive support group um it can never hurt to add more to that to give you more breath um and how you love yourself and how you take care of yourself but yeah Um, I want you all to join. So you can sign up by going to blackgirlsheal.org slash self dash love um, and go ahead and register. Um, Early bird prices are still available before it increases. Um, At the time that this is coming up, if you're listening live, you have about a week before the price increases to normal registration. So I want you there. So I hope that this helped for any of you who have been living in regret. Feel free to let me know if this podcast episode resonated with you. I love, love, love hearing from all of you and how this is helping you. But yeah, that's it for this week's. I hope that you implement what you need to implement this week. Feel free to share this episode with someone who may need it if it wasn't for you, but it made you think of someone who needs to not live in regret. And that's it. I'll talk to you next time. Take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.